Hey there, welcome to Sunday Brunch, a conversation over coffee between friends where we discuss everything from foundation to food. This week we'll be talking about difficult conversations. Yeah. Yeah. We think that that's an important topic. Yeah. We probably as women and possibly as men don't discuss enough. Yeah, I think that we tend to get a little bit, I don't know, I wasn't taught how to have difficult conversations. No, we don't ever discuss how to actually have those, how to have those conversations. Yeah. And I know we were texting about it earlier last week. Mind you, welcome back. Yeah. We okay, had a week sorry off. Sorry we had a week off. Also, we've been silent on our Instagram because we need more tiles, but yes. we're still here. Send me quotes. I will. I'm sending to you quotes to get that happening. But last week we had to have a week off because we were both just completely overwhelmed I feel like just mentally drained that's how I felt I just felt like my tank was empty and I didn't know how to fill it back up mm-hmm. you know yeah I don't know if it's just the time getting to me or if I don't know what it was just I just felt spent yeah like, I weird. was the same I think there was just so many different things happening and one day just got too much for me and I went to buy a coffee and I was already short on time because I was running between a thousand different things and I put the coffee in the console of my car and the lid split and the coffee went everywhere and I just started crying which is so ridiculous because you shouldn't cry over a spilt coffee yeah but But still you know how it's just like the straw that breaks the camel's breath Mm -hmm. it's like when you stub your toe that in itself is not usually the issue but it's the fact that like everything else has gone on before that mm-hmm. so that's what made me crack um <laughs> I just had to keep going about my day and I was just like it's okay <laughs> um but I do feel better this week how about you yeah I think I'm feeling a bit better I I've been doing Pilates same it's so <gasps> good I'm obsessed <laughs> I love it so much yeah we've been doing it every day mm-hmm. um and I've still been running but yeah so I think that's been really good because I think it makes me feel strong yes, in a weird way. Same. Like, yeah, like running and like hit workouts and stuff. They just feel like you've just smashed yourself. Yeah. Whereas Pilates, it just makes me feel like a rock. You same. Know? Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm doing the exact same as you at Moon. I'm back on. I had a week off running because my mm-hmm. feet were really, really sore. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mum bought me new shoes. Oh, thanks, mum. <laughs> yes. Um, so now that's gone. And so I'm running like 5K a day which I was doing like 10K a day for a while. Mm. So I've scaled that back just because I needed more strength mm-hmm. um, because running all the time is great, but it is a lot on your legs and mm. it doesn't necessarily strengthen your core as much as doing dedicated yeah. core exercises. Mm-hmm. So 5K a day plus Pilates mm-hmm. and it is just amazing. And I've been integrating um, some booty bands and then some longer bands to make it more like a reformer yeah. workout. Yeah. And I really want to get ankle weights because the program that I'm doing, which is that Pilates passion, $25 a month, which is awesome. That's really good. It's amazing. And she uploads new content all the time. Wow. Um, and she's just put some new programs up with ankle weights. So I think mm. I can just imagine how much that would hurt. Yeah. Um, but I love it. And I agree with you. It's like running makes you feel really quite stripped down and yeah. exhausted because you're literally pounding the pavement. Mm-hmm. But then Pilates is quite a flow state. It's like all the good parts of yoga with none of the frustration. Because I think mm-hmm. with yoga, it makes me frustrated sometimes that I'm not moving enough or moving yeah. as quickly. And it doesn't yoga's good for definitely good for flexibility but then it doesn't really make me feel strong no it just makes me feel like lazy it makes me feel relaxed and like my arms are working because when you're in those positions it does strengthen your arms but pilates i love because especially the program that i do it with she does incorporate a lot of stretches yeah um but yeah i agree it just makes me feel really strong and the pain is a different type of pain it's just like an intense like yeah targeted I don't, yeah, you don't know the Pilates burn unless you know the Pilates burn. Yeah, and it really surprises me that just these, some of the smallest movements can be the most difficult. And the fact that you can do it, especially at this time of year when it's getting darker, you can do it in the safety of Mm -hmm. your home and you can get an excellent workout. And Mm -hmm. it just ticks all the boxes for me. So I think at the moment that is my like number one exercise yeah it's really really good and i mean there's heaps of free pilates videos out there yeah but then it is good to go to like a target like if you find a thing that you like to do a targeted program so that you get more variety and more bang for your buck (laughs) yeah yeah and um just because 
some of the programs you can sign up to, they do actually send you a weekly guide, which yeah. is what mine does. And I've been following that this week, but then you can go back into the back catalog and pick ones pick whatever yeah so it depends how much time you've got if you've mm. got 45 minutes or 20 minutes and that's what i like if i've only got half an hour or 20 minutes i'll use one with a band that's really intense mm. but i agree it's just oh i love it and there's something about the mentality of never leaving your mat but still mm. really hurting mm-hmm. it's just awesome. and it's crazy because you don't actually have to do a lot to actually get a burn like you're not jumping up and down yeah. or whatever you're just doing small movements but we could, oh, we should do a reformer class when it goes back. Yeah. That's what we wanted to do, yeah, right? And get someone ago. in who does Pilates to mm-hmm. talk to them. And let me just say, the sound quality is probably a thousand times better Yay. because we are back together. We're back in business. <laughs> we should insert that song, We're Back in Business, here. Okay, we're back. I'll find it. <laughs> well, it might be sampled, but we're back together and we're back in your ears so everything's looking up we are 1.5 meters away from one another using our own microphones and everything (laughs) but it's so much more exciting and it it actually feels a lot better just talking to you oh yeah you know it's just like a conversation between which is our tagline (laughs) so this is what it was always meant to be like also can i just say even though i haven't posted on the account for like a week the followers are really it's really happening at the moment. So, Is it? Yeah. I think a lot more people are on social media these days. I would agree. I would agree. But like it's gone up a lot. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, and we'll be posting again soon. But if you do want to follow us on Instagram, it's Sundaybrunch underscore the podcast. Um, Tia, how yes. did you go with Unorthodox? Oh my gosh. So I finished it today. Okay. So I have to admit. Oh, you haven't finished it? I haven't finished it, but I'm not going to. I've decided oh, I'm really? not going to. So you can, okay. tell, you can tell us what you thought. I hated the ending. Okay. Well, spoiler <laughs> alerts. If you don't want to know how Unorthodox on Netflix ends, well, skip forward five minutes. But Tia, what happens? I don't know if I should, like, I don't know. No one else has, like, you haven't watched it, so we can't discuss how it ended. But it doesn't have a conclusive ending in the sense of, like, it doesn't tell you definitively if she went back to Germany. Uh, sorry, went back to New York or stayed in Germany. So what happens? So she does. Wait, where did you get up to, though? So just the beginning of the third episode. Oh, where okay, her so and you just, like, Yankee really gave up. consummating their marriage. And <laughs> I think because last week was such a stressful week, there's something about watching that show that makes me feel icky. Yeah. It's, did you get that feeling? It's a... It's not, like, an enjoyable watch in the sense that it's not easy. Yes. So, and you have to concentrate because there's subtitles and it's a great, great show. Like, Mm -hmm. along the lines of Chernobyl... Oh, that is my biggest show crush ever. Chernobyl is like on a whole nother level. That was just the best. Don't even make, don't even talk about it because that's (laughs) how I met my boyfriend through Chernobyl. Yeah. Well, I remember. And then you were saying how good it was. And then my dad was talking about it, how good it was. And then I was like, I have to watch this. That was nearly a year ago. What? Is that how long ago? No. Oh, wait, it was. Yeah, because I nearly met him a year ago. And that's what we were talking about. And do you want to know something really funny? What? So at the time when we just met, we were talking about Chernobyl. And you know when you just start texting someone, you need to have something to talk about yeah. because you don't actually know each other. Yeah. And it gets really boring asking each other 20 questions. So we would be like, hey, like, have you watched any more? I would be like, have you watched any more episodes? And he'd be like, yeah, just watched episode three. What did you think? And I'd be like, oh, I better watch it. And then I'd reply <laughs> to him. He hadn't watched any of them. Yes, I remember you yeah. saying So <laughs> he and then we watched the last three episodes together. So he was just like absolutely clutching at straws to understand what was happening but if anyone hasn't watched that show that was an hbo yeah one, wasn't and it? i think we ended up buying it on itunes um, you can also get it on foxtel if you yeah. get the free trial that's what oh, i did um smart. but everyone watched that because that was just it's amazing oh, amazing like, i could watch it again Same. and the impact that it had on me like it just gave me such an understanding of like how things in I wouldn't say how everything in Russia works but how things can work there like or how it worked with the then. KGB and stuff yeah. like that and it could be like that now like we really don't know we actually like, don't know yeah that might even be like a word where we shouldn't say it because maybe it's like a like a buzzword you know yeah how like if you say words and then search engines show up oh like, all right these yeah like, like in Harry Potter when they yeah. said Voldemort and that word became <laughs> like a blacklist word and people could find you if you said that word so maybe we shouldn't say it but I don't know, like, it's very intense. But back to Unorthodox. Um, basically, you know how she was going to do the audition for piano? Yes. So I'm going to just say the highlights of what I can remember really clearly. Did she audition? She did audition in the end. 
but she didn't play piano. She sung a song. I saw this coming. Did was you? she good? I didn't see it coming. I did because um, Yale absolutely shot her down and yeah. was rude, you know what, to her. But I didn't think that she would sing. Like, I didn't – I don't know what I thought she would do. I thought she was either going to, like, come back and, like, do these – because she started doing, like, these lessons with the guy that she liked. The cute German boy? Wait. She hooked up with him. Good. Like, Really stayed the up. night. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, All that right. kind of hooked up. She Get went it, to girl. A, she went to a club. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did she change out of her Yiddish clothes? Yes. Oh, um, but um, Because one of the girls lent her an outfit to wear to the club. Did she look cute? She did look cute, but, like – in an innocent cute you know like yeah she still didn't match what she was wearing kind of yeah. cute you know it just didn't look like it was her yeah me um, at 18 and <laughs> at the valley <laughs> that's a strong fresh 18 valley vibe but then he helped her um and I thought that he was gonna help her with like piano like do some like real quick lessons or something. I don't know yeah. but she ended up singing and wow like her the song that she did first was like oh yeah like you have a voice and you can sing Mm. you're fine and then they asked like the people who auditioned her asked her a bunch of questions um and then someone said well you know your voice is actually not suited for that song it's suited for a different tone like a different pitch okay and then they said can you sing something in that pitch and then she sung a song in yiddish so which is their language um I just say like Hebrew, it's like Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sung a song in that language and oh my goodness, her voice was like insane. So amazing. And, um, all of the, all of her friends were like watching and they all like cried and they were like, oh my gosh, like you're so good and blah, blah, blah. And including I, the mean one. Yeah. Like they, she was like, mm. I didn't even know she could sing. Well, you never gave her a yes. chance. <laughs> you never asked her. So my assumption is, is that she got in to the music thing because everyone said how good she was, but in the ending, it didn't say whether she got in or not. Seems dumb. Yeah. Seems like something they should have plugged up in the plot hole. Exactly. And then I Googled after like, did, is there going to be another season? Is that the last episode? And then apparently they're not going to continue it or anything, which I think is really annoying. Like I hate things that end like this like it just drives me insane yeah it's like i don't want to sit here guessing about what happened like did par- yankee find her yeah so yankee Ugh. heard her sing mm. wait but he heard her sing and then he asked her to come to the hotel and then at the hotel he like bought he so at the shops he was like walking around in germany and he saw this necklace that had a musical note on it and it made him think of her mm. and i didn't know this but he actually knew that she was doing the piano lessons yeah, he allowed her to do it. He didn't like it, but he let her do it. See, I'm so caught here because in my head I'm like, oh, he's just how evil. great, you know, how great that a guy let a girl do something. But but I understand that in their cultural frame, mm-hmm. he was actually making a very big step forward by allowing mm-hmm. that. So I think through my lens, my cultural lens, I'm like, still shit. But like mm-hmm. <laughs> through their lens, I understand that that was very nice of him. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be mindful of that. Well, the thing that really touched me is when, so then he gave her the gift and she was like so touched by it and she really liked it. And then he was like, look, can you please come back with me? Like, I know that you said you would do Like he was like finally understanding her Mm. because she sung. Mm. And then she was like, it's different now. Like even when they're walking back from the, from the, uh, from the like audition to the hotel, he was like to her, everyone can see your hair. Mm. Like that was a big thing, yeah. you know? And to us, that just seems like so normal, but yeah. for them, cause she's, she's been married. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, he was like, everyone can see your hair and like all these things. And, and then he was like, you know, I understand you're different. And you said that before we even got married, that you were different. She did. I remember that mm-hmm. bit. And then she was like, yeah, but I can't go back because too much has happened. Like you wanted to divorce me and I just can't go back to that. And okay. then, He was like, well, I can be different too. And he cut off his dangly bits of hair. (laughs) Oh, okay. But this is the thing is when he was doing it, he did it because he wanted her. And then she knew how much the hair meant, like how much it means to the culture. Mm -hmm. And she was crying when he did it. And that really touched me because he was like so desperate Mm -hmm. to have her back. And this is what like really 
I don't know what happened because I'm like, did you stay in Germany? Did you go to like New York? Like, I don't know. Potentially him doing that makes me mad because it's the equivalent of a public proposal. It's like manipulative in a way. Yeah, it's like when someone knows that their partner doesn't necessarily have a firm yes in their Mm -hmm. head and then they do it just to put them under pressure and Mm -hmm. that frustrates me because it's lovely that he's willing to make allowances Mm -hmm. for her. Maybe he really does love her, but in the half of the series that I watched, I didn't feel any strong, as though there was any strong chemistry between those two characters. She wouldn't have left if there was. And it's hard, though, because I do get that, like, in their culture, maybe love isn't a thing. It's, like, arranged marriages and things that are approved by the priest. If you're not okay with that, you leave, and she did. She did. And especially because he asked for a divorce, like... Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, she had she every stayed right to until go. that moment. And I think because actually it reveals um, in the, I think the end of the second episode when she found out that she was pregnant, she realized at like, I don't know, I think a Sabbath dinner or something, she realized and she went and did a pregnancy test and then she went home. She was really excited to tell him because she just felt like she was finally able to contribute to their marriage like mm-hmm. by bringing a child, which is so sad. Like for that's what that, she felt like. Yeah. But even um, one of the women in the in the cons- in the music place in Germany says that the men just study the text mm-hmm. and the women are just baby makers. Baby makers yeah. So in in their culture, that's obviously one of their very main mm-hmm. parts. But basically, um, when he came home from the dinner because she left and it was at her family's house, he just like went off at her and he was like, "You left me with your family, rah rah." And then she was like. She wanted. She was excited to see him because she wanted to tell him that she was pregnant. And mm. then he sat down and was like, "We need a divorce." I did not see. Okay, I didn't yeah, see this. Yeah, right. this is third episode. So then that's mm. the moment what made her decide to go to Germany. And if I reckon, if um, if he didn't say that, she would have just stayed. So what about the baby? Uh, nothing. I don't know. Is she still pregnant? She's still pregnant. So she had a. She had a like. Um, I don't know, like a doctor thing in Germany, and um. They said, you know, you can look at all your options and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't have any options. I'm having the baby because um, she said that for them, like the way that they're brought up, basically she said that they have to re- – they're taught that they have to rebuild their population because mm. of like – All the different yeah, forms the, of genocide they've gone through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like they really have that as a heavy burden on like the women – is that, but what about if she wants to take up with the cute German guy? Yeah, well, she could, maybe. And he, he might was understanding. That, yeah. But this is what I mean. There's so many questions and I sort of hate that. That's really so frustrating. It's it's not like it's a good like series. I enjoyed it in general, but it's frustrating and I didn't love it and I'm not running back to watch it. But I will say if they have another like like season, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully they do because it seems like a lot is left unanswered yeah it is and but i think that maybe they want it to be like that i feel i don't know but we'll see we'll see what they do um how are you going with grown-ups oh yeah we were just talking about this when we so it. tell everyone what you've done <laughs> i started listening to audiobooks audible shout out to audible thanks so much for giving me um access to listening rather than reading (laughs) so you just couldn't you didn't want to keep up with the reading no (laughs) okay I couldn't okay this is the thing the way that my days work I just can't carve out time to read okay like to sit down and read I probably could if I really desperately wanted to or if you really liked it yeah but I'm not in the habit of it and I just don't know how like in the so basically I'm just gonna listen to audiobooks or this audiobook while I do everything that I'm doing. Like a podcast. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I did say to Lauren before that um, I'm not used to hearing, what was it, Irish accent? Yeah, Marion Keys. Does she she dictate it? I'm not sure, but I think so, because unless they got someone who's Irish too. Mm -hmm. But I said I'm very accustomed to listening to Australian accent, um, maybe like British and um, US, Mm -hmm. like American accent. So because of that, some words are like a bit, like what is that like you know I just don't get it but um yeah I'm up to chapter three so what's happening at the point that you're up to so someone didn't get a mass has never gotten a massage in their life Cara yeah I think so the one and then they're like oh they're millennials and like then they keep saying like Instagram moments and I'm just like oh my gosh like oh no yeah but 
um, someone's revealing to be as a character, like someone who there's someone who seems very controlling. Liam? He always schedules everything. Oh, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's one of the in-laws. So <laughs> yeah. you know how it's based around three brothers. Yes. So for everyone listening who's not sure why we're talking about Grown Ups by Marion Keys, that is our book club book. Tia is now listening to it on Audible and she's up to chapter three. I've finished that and like probably a 10 books later. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, um, but basically it's about three brothers, the Casey brothers and their relationship dynamics as well as their partner's relationship yeah. dynamics and ex-partners because mm-hmm. there's stepchildren involved and complex relationships between friends and I guess it's a study of modern families in Ireland mm-hmm. and how they go about navigating those relationships in mm-hmm. adulthood and I actually heard Marion Keys interviewed recently and she was saying how this was on an ABC Conversations podcast. She was saying how she is the Jessie of her family. So she mm-hmm. always writes about big families because she is one mm-hmm. of a very big Irish family. So she understands the dynamics well. And um, she said a lot of the times the Jessies are like that because they're like a pseudo parent. Mm-hmm. They want to assume the role of another parent to try and control. And I think Jessie's like that in this book because the Casey boys' parents are very absent. Mm. Um, you'll notice that as you keep listening, they just never talk about their parents until quite a long way through the book Mm -hmm. and you also come to realize that Jessie has been cut out of a lot of different families throughout her life so now that she has these people in her life she pretty much takes that and manipulates it to create a false sense of friendship almost because because their family they can't say no to her yeah she's like clinging onto it she clings onto them but I think she's definitely got a good heart um Mm. Other characters like Nell, who's the new young wife of Liam, Mm -hmm. she's really sweet, but she's very, like, new age sweet. Like, she's very woke. Yeah. Um, And I I agree with your your comment about how social media is spoken about during the play, during the book, because I always think whenever I write a story, I never use technology in the story because I think it dates it really, really badly. Like if I was to write a novel and be like, and I check my Facebook status, it just sounds cringeworthy. I hate it. Like Facebook isn't a nice thing to talk about. No one wants to hear about Instagram in a novel. No. Um, And there are a few schools of thought because some people I've spoken to, I've listened to on podcasts say that um, if you don't talk about technology, it feels like you're cutting out a really obvious part of our cultural zeitgeist Mm -hmm. and that you're ignoring it and therefore it's redundant. But then I heard another person interviewed the other day who said that she never writes about social media or any platforms in her writing because from the moment of writing to publication, it's usually at least two or three years. Mm. So you could be writing about something that's very in that then has dropped off. So remember Mm. like Musical.ly was a really big thing years ago. If you were to write about Musical.ly three years ago and then release your book now... It's you TikTok. should replace it for TikTok, yeah. Yeah, but you can't. And so that's what I mean about, like, it becomes redundant because it moves so quickly. Yeah. And I think it's quite tacky. And I think now in the world of technology, things are moving very fast. Like, yeah. it's fast-paced. And like what you said, it takes a long time for a book to be developed. It's not like writing a blog post where it's right or like a podcast where yeah, we're we talking just, about it instantaneous. now. It's, yeah. it's up in a few days. So exactly. I think because, yeah, you're literally using two forms of communication. One is the oldest form of communication, mm-hmm. apart from writing on rock walls that we have. <laughs> like they've been printing books since Martin Luther. Yeah. Um, and then the newest technology that we have, it just – they're incompatible. Yeah. And even if I was to write a book today, you can talk about sending a message mm. or like a phone call because those things – like I think we'll always be making phone mm-hmm. calls. COVID has taught us that phone calls still have a place and that yeah. messages still have a place. But I think once you date stamp it with something like TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, it just seems like you're trying really hard. Yeah, I think so. So that's an interesting conversation. But um, keep going with the plot and let me know. I will. How and you feel. I, I hope that it'll be easier for me to keep up with it because, like, I actually haven't even had time to watch any Grey's Anatomy this last two weeks. Just tragic. I know. Like, that's that's how busy I've been. Yes. And I don't even know how. Like, well, it's because you're one of the people whose life actually hasn't been too disrupted by COVID. Yeah. You're working from home a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. You've still got your business to run. Mm-hmm. 
We started landscaping downstairs. Yes, you've got like you've got a lot of stuff happening. Which has been like a massive extra project. And oh my gosh, today when they started to come do the fence and they hit a like it's not a service, it's just like um, internal like piping Mm -hmm. because it's not a service because it's not a public one on the road. They didn't hit that. It's just they hit one of the sewer lines (gasps) in our property that goes just from like my sister's room to like. Well, not her room, but her bathroom to whatever, wherever the sewer thing is, mm-hmm. which is fine. It got fixed like straight away. But now I had to like reassess how to do everything. And oh, it's just like, it's not a nightmare, but it's like, I'm not used to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I don't, it's not like I'm a landscaper and I do this every week and it's just like, oh, this problem happens. and I know how to fix it. Like, thank goodness my dad's here. And then the people who we hired as the contractors to do it. They've obviously come across it before because they were super chill about it and they were like, yeah, it's fine. Like, we'll just have to reassess how we're going to, like, do everything so we've come up with a plan and it's all going to be fine. But, like, that's stressful. And I've done all these, like, drawings of, like, on the plans on, like, how we're going to do all of it and, like, everything Um, because it's, like, yeah, it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. That's been keeping me very busy. And my dad's, like, he's a project manager. Mm. So he's very, like planned like orient like he likes things to be planned that's his job yeah and it's very intense for me because Mm. i have to live up to this standard of like he Mm. project manages solar farms which is a totally different level than like landscaping Mm. and i mean i'm not complaining it's good for what he does and he's really good at his job but my goodness it's intense for like me like Mm. little old me sitting here my dad's like what's this and i'm like I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And he's like, that's not a good enough answer. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm also going into the same profession as one of my parents. And there are pros and cons. Mostly the pros are that, like, we talk the same language because yeah. we have the same lingo. But the cons are, I'm like, I hope I live up to how good you were. Because, like, once you've got a parent that's really good at something and you are following in their footsteps, it can appear like you're doing it to try and be like them Mm. which is lovely but that's not why I'm doing it I'm doing it because I have a passion but at the same time I'm like I hope to hell I do not let you down because people are always going to make those comparisons yeah I do it myself and I'm just like I'm sure that your your mum will be proud of you trust me because yeah she would be but because the concreter who did our concrete downstairs his son's a concreter now and he was like working with his dad and his dad said to him oh said to me sorry he was like oh you know my son he started doing concreting and I'm just so proud of him and I was like because people are touched when other people follow in their footsteps because it makes them feel like they must have done something Mm -hmm. right so I absolutely understand that there's really no greater honor than someone being like hey I've watched you and I like what you do Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna do it myself Mm -hmm. but what else have you been up to the last like Fortnite, have you watched anything? Um, or? I watched all of normal normal people on Stan. Oh, is it good? Uh, okay, so the ending is somewhat similar to Unorthodox, but I knew it was coming because I'd read the book. So okay. everyone oh, so loved, yeah, everyone loved the book Normal People by Sally Rooney, and she's also a young Irish female writer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not like Marion Keys because she's a lot more literary. So by that I mean less plot driven, whereas mm-hmm. Grown Ups is very plot driven not as much emphasis on literary writing Mm -hmm. and normal people is literary moments and not as much plot Mm -hmm. um i didn't actually love the book which was really weird because everyone did love it and they raved about it Mm -hmm. but it's got a lot of darkness in it and Mm -hmm. i think like people say grown-ups should come with a trigger warning because one of the characters has an eating disorder Mm -hmm. But if grown-ups needs to come with a trigger warning, then normal people, in my opinion, really does because it's got a lot of issues mm-hmm. that um, I brought up. And I know it shines a light on them, but that can also be really distressing for people watching yeah. or reading. Um, like 13 Reasons Why they had yeah. to put, like, warnings. warnings on it. Yeah. yeah, so it's not an easy read. Um, a lot of people, it's an easy read in that it's not hard to read, but it's quite distressing at times and it's Mm. frustrating because it's about two people that just can never get on the same page. Um, and I think it's a really a story of personal growth because the moment that they do get it together, they realize that they have probably been codependent and that that's not the basis of a good relationship. And it's one of these comments that in the book, Eat, Pray, Love, the author, Elizabeth Gilbert is at an ashram in India and I have a point I promise but someone she meets at that ashram says basically you're never meant to be with your soulmate because soulmates are a mirror for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they point out everything about you that is absolute worst. Yeah. And they leave you with that mess to clean up. So mm-hmm. they help your self-development and then they go. And that's a good thing because if you were to look in that mirror for your whole life, you would be driven insane, mm-hmm. which is like, that's just one element of what a soulmate is. I mm-hmm. don't know if I subscribe to that. Yeah. Because I think a soulmate can be someone that you're meant to be with, which is a very yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, so in normal people, I think that idea is kind of extrapolated. And these two people are soulmates because they help each other through really bad moments. Yeah. And the cinematography of the show is beautiful and mm-hmm. the soundtrack is amazing. And there's a lot of really beautiful, tender moments, but um, I can't help but feel like it's overhyped. And a lot of people say that if you actually run that plot at a quicker speed and don't pace it as slowly, it would run very similar to a home and away script. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's basically, I listened to um, a podcast called Televisionary and they discussed it. And that was one of their listeners' main points. And I thought that's actually very accurate because if you took out the beautiful music and the beautiful slow footage and you replaced it with popular music from this time and cut a lot of long lingering silences Mm -hmm. it would be a lot more dramatic and a lot more distasteful so did you like it better than the book or you just i liked it better than the book yeah but still didn't love um i wouldn't i wouldn't watch it again just because there are so many moments in it that are just mm, frustrating and annoying like Mm. it's just two people that can't communicate properly and i don't like it when they have people that are too old to be teenagers dressed as teenagers at high school. Yes. They couldn't be bothered to find two other actors. And, like, the, the actors are great. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of nudity and a lot of, like, sex scenes, which a mm. lot of people raved about. So if that's your thing. Um, but that is not a reason for me to watch a TV show. No. So whatever. Like, okay. I sort of don't like when TV shows or, like, movies resort to a lot of, like, indecent scenes because I think that it sort of brings down the quality of like what they're trying to portray yes and I would normally agree with that but a lot of this show a lot of hype around it was that um the consent scene was so strong oh okay so there's certain things that are actually yeah like it's a good societal point because like this one of the partners is very kind and considerate and obviously that's something that should be circulated through society a lot more and like that the point was made that that scene should basically be shown in every high school class because mm-hmm. that's the model of how it's meant to be run. And apparently they did have an intimacy coach on mm-hmm. set so that everything was always decent and that both actors felt comfortable because I think, like, everyone watches those scenes and is like, how could they possibly feel comfortable doing yeah. that? And how do you make sure that no barriers are crossed? Maybe but they did have an intimacy coach. they were older actors and not younger ones. Yeah. It could be. That's a very good point. You Like, you wouldn't want to put younger act like. People no, there's full actually, frontal nudity. Yeah, like, so, it's just not... No one would sign up for that. No. <laughs> not so. many people. I mean, it's okay if you're in, like if you're someone that's comfortable with that, but mm. I definitely agree age comes into it. Yeah. Um, and those scenes, they do have uh, a reason in pulling the plot forward. They're not just put there for a bit of hype and mm. they're never discussed again. Mm. So they do drive the plot forward and everything is very respectful in that sense. That's great. But overall, I just think the ending is something that is sort of left hanging in the air, a bit mm. like unorthodox. So if you're after a show that gives you a cut and dry ending and is quite uplifting, it's not for you. But yeah. if you do like um, analysing films and scenes and if you like, I guess, something a bit more gritty yeah. and edgy, it's probably for you. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it again. No, it doesn't sound like something I'd ever watch. <laughs> Just because like I've, I feel like I've run through the plot twice now because yeah. of reading it and watching it. Um, but it was... It was, it wasn't, it didn't make me feel uneasy like unorthodox did. I didn't get that feeling and it was a pleasure to watch just because it was so beautifully filmed, but I just don't, don't subscribe to the hype. Yeah. You're just not into it. No, I think there's a million better stories (laughs) and probably ones that are a little bit more uplifting, which a lot of people are seeking out right now. But I also have been really getting into Sarah's Day YouTube videos because she's See, got a they renovation. Are good. They are, yeah. <laughs> and I've noticed that when I'm studying, I don't like listening to podcasts while I'm writing my assignments because I need to focus you can too like much on them. Sort of watch it and 
it's just in the background. It's just and background you don't have to music. Yeah, yes. like background noise. So she's doing a renovation series at the moment. Which I love. Have you been watching yeah, that as well? I really oh, like love it. Love it. Yeah. And I get so invested. I'm like, don't pick that color tile. <laughs> don't pick that shape. So I recommend that because it's quite uplifting and there's heaps of content. Yeah. And um, she can be a bit divisive because yeah. sometimes people think that she crosses the line with the health information. But personally, I always hear a disclaim that you should go to yeah. a doctor. So and I'm fine with that. I also just like, we all know she's not a doctor. Like, I mean, I do, yeah. You, so I'm like, like I'm not going to listen you? to you for that respect. No. <laughs> and I totally understand that when you're saying this, you're just saying it based on your personal experience. Exactly. So that's why I get so tired of people on the internet just coming after people. And I'm like, it's just like, why? Did she, did she say that she was a doctor? Did I miss that memory? Yeah. Like, did she ever say that she knows best? Like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you. It's just such a tired trope for people to get mad at other people on the internet. But I like <sighs> her videos. And, Me too. Oh, I've been loving Recipes. Yeah, you made the yeah. chicken and leek pie. It was so good. Like, mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, this looks good. Like, I think I'll like that. But I didn't expect that I'd really like it. Like, okay. how much I would like it. And it was so good. Everyone loved it. I made two, mm-hmm. like, pies. And they're all gone now. Mm. So, I gave some to Dan for dinner, uh, for lunch today. But... He had three servings last night. It did look really good. It was good. Did you, you make the pastry? No, I didn't, but I just bought a really good one. Like, like a really good yeah, pastry good from the shop. Yep. Yeah, but yep. not not from – sorry, but not from Woolies. <laughs> Oops, that's – they're our dream sponsor. <laughs> I got it from like a delicate – like oh, a yeah. deli, just a frozen one. But so then I think that really helped too because then it was like extra like – puffy and delicious. Yeah, it looks so crunchy. Oh, so good. I want to do Recipes' eggplant, miso eggplant. I saw that. It looks really good. Mm, And easy. I think a lot of of his recipes are actually easy. Like, Mm. none of them that I've tried are actually really hard. No. They're all very simple. And, I mean, they don't go that long. Like, you can do it on a Facebook Insta feed thing. Yeah. So, it's, like, not that long. But, yeah, yeah, they're really good. And I did his Mother's Day breakfast. Mm Mm-hmm. I made that, the potato hash that he had. Was it good? It was really good, yeah. Um, He's awesome. I was worried it was going to fall apart because I wasn't convinced that there was enough egg to bind, but I trusted his recipe and yeah. there was. It was good. Um, I, If he did more vegetarian, I'd be all on board, but I feel yeah. like I have to adapt a lot or like mm. handpick some stuff. But I made this um, garlic and ginger mushroom with coconut rice meal from Deliciously Ella's app. The other night, it's my partner's birthday. One of my friends uses another one of my friends uses that app, and she really likes it yeah, too. It's yeah, it's awesome. This was like the nicest meal I've had in ages. So it was just garlic um, that was marinated, mushrooms marinated in ginger, garlic, um, miso paste, coconut milk, um, rice wine vinegar, tamari, and sesame oil. Yum. And then you cooked that over heat and added um, – I added tofu as well just to give, like, yeah. some protein. Mm-hmm. And then um, rice with lime, tamari, and a tablespoon of coconut milk. That was your rice. Mm-hmm. And together it just – so that app, that again, so really good. is amazing. And I have one new podcast show that I've been watching, and it's called Sentimental Garbage. Yes. It's hosted Sounds by like an Irish <laughs> author. And she basically invites a friend on or a fellow author on every episode and they discuss a book that's from the chick lit genre that they've read. And it's just such a lovely, lovely time because if you've read any of the books that they discuss, you can really get on board with their conversation. And it's perfect because if you've ever read a book that no one else has read that you know, mm-hmm. you often feel like you can't talk about it as much. Yeah. So you can tune in there and listen to them and... It's just amazing. So I listened to the episode on Eat, Pray, Love, and I listened to the episode on the Thornbirds as well as the Mitford Girls mm-hmm. episode because those are all books that I've read. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's just so comfy and it's become one of my favorites. Well, that's good. Have they done like other episodes of books that now you're going to read so yes. you can listen? Yeah. yeah, so they do a few on Marion Keyes' books. So, so the author of Grown Ups, yeah. yeah. They talked about one of her first books. It was the first book she's ever read called Watermelon. So I'm going to add that one in. Uh, and then they talk about some that have been adapted into movies like Bridget Jones' Diaries. You and mm-hmm. I were way too young to have read those when they were like at the Actually height. books, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the movies. Yeah, we've jumped <laughs> on board with the movies. but I think that was thanks to school too, though. Like... Because I think it was part of the whole um, Jane Austen yeah. kind of like watch this as a modern version of like the old It's like a modern take of yeah. Pride and Prejudice. But the the podcast didn't really discuss that aspect of it. It just more focused on what it meant about the 90s. And mm. there's so much more liberal with 
how men treat women back then like um some of the stuff that they talk about is just it just wouldn't fly today but i think it's really quick for us to say that would never have that would never have passed today's test but it's like yeah because it wasn't created today it was created then that's the difference let it go you can't compare some things no you actually can't (laughs) it's also difficult because then you can understand in the same like way of like how that's a standard back then compared to now that why some people of like that generation don't understand things like how we do you know and I I, even though sometimes when I hear people say things I'm like oh you probably shouldn't say that I still also just am like whatever like they don't get it like how we yeah I think I'm much more willing to strike out against someone's actions than someone's Mm. speech because thoughts are just necessarily something that comes off your tongue without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And also I agree if someone grew up in an era where that sort of vernacular was commonplace mm-hmm. and accepted and they don't interact with younger generations or people that are more exposed to new ways of thinking, it's very hard for them to move from that. Yeah. I draw a line when they act inappropriately. Yeah, that's different because that's like actually could cause harm to somebody. Yeah, yeah. but if a slip of yeah. a tongue... Um, doesn't really matter. I'm just like, I understand much. that that's, we, I've got to pay homage to mm-hmm. where you grew up and when you grew up. Mm-hmm. And a really good example of letting things go. I don't know if you, because you're into food, maybe you yes. would have followed the Chrissy Teigen, Alison Roman. No, I didn't. So Alison Roman is a, I think she's a chef. She might be a cook, but, um, she has a lot of amazing recipes and mm-hmm. she's very popular now with she hashtags her food so there's hashtag the cookie and hashtag the stew are two really big phenomenons of hers oh, and she's apparently amazing so yeah like Alison Roman on Instagram does amazing food and um, she's very popular especially now at the height of COVID because a lot of people are cooking for the first yes, time they are. <laughs> um, so she has 150,000 oh, wow. followers. Um, as you can see, she actually has the best-selling book, Nothing Fancy, mm-hmm. and Dining In. Mm-hmm. So those are her recipe books. They look amazing. Is um, she vegetarian? It, it looks vegetarian, the food. like I don't think so. There looks to be like a meat lasagna there. Um, but then there's like a tofu mushroom soup. Yeah, I think she's like sort so of just does, mixed. She just yeah. like a bit like recipes, but very popular. Um, New York Times cooking, like she's amazing. It looks great. Yeah, so she's very popular, but she actually came out um, a few days ago and spoke out about how she feels like people like Chrissy Teigen have sold out and sort of jumped on the cooking bandwagon so mm. that they should get a range in Target and make some money. And when you analyze what she's saying, it sort of came down to the fact that she feels like she's at this crossroad now, whether she's got to continue to be true to what she does or choose to commercialize herself herself a bit more and make some allowances yeah. to make money. Yeah. Um, and Chrissy Teigen came out on Twitter and posted several posts about how she's so happy to forgive Alison Roman and how she feels like Alison Roman never even owed her apology because she just spoke her thoughts yeah. and how... She basically said it was a cautionary tale in evidence that once you get to a certain point in society, Mm -hmm. you actually can't say what you think anymore because people will take that at face value and run with it and you'll be absolutely slammed. So she was so respectful and forgiving and understanding Mm. towards Alison. And it was just a lesson in how I think more people should treat um, trolling and how it's really important to not contribute to the pile on because mm-hmm. we don't know what else is going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes and I guess a little bit of understanding goes a long way. Yeah, and I think also because now with social media or just anything online, you can just say something and not actually mean anything by it, but hundreds of thousands of people might have seen it Yeah, before you've even like realised what you've done and you don't even mean anything by it. Like I think that definitely having a little bit of leniency on people yeah. if they've not actually done anything to cause like actual pain to somebody is it's like I think it's something that we should all think about doing because I think so too wouldn't you want to be owed the same respect if you were ever yeah in absolutely and we can be caught out so easily these days because everyone has yeah. a, a recorder or like a screenshot mm-hmm. and that's something that people didn't have 50 Mm -hmm. years ago so who's to say how much more people got away with Mm -hmm. Uh, and you don't want to get it to a point where everything is really sanitized and no Mm -hmm. one's ever saying anything not necessarily interesting because people can say things that are politically correct and be interesting and i'm not saying that we should allow slander or abuse or anything of that nature online but uh, i think there is a point where just because someone doesn't agree with something you think 
that's not reason to bring them down. Yeah, exactly. We can't all agree on the same thing unless we're robots. Yeah, like, and I think not- like there's a few social media accounts of other podcasts that I used to follow and they got quite political with their views and I just couldn't follow them anymore because it wasn't necessarily that I didn't believe them or agree with them. It was just that I didn't feel like those certain podcasts that don't specialize in political affairs have a right to be so forward not only for the person that they liked, but so against the people they didn't like because yeah. that's just not what I listen to those podcasts for. It'd be like if you and I were like, okay, here's how everyone should vote. It's like, this is just not their thing. No, it's just <laughs> it's not. It's not our brand. Yeah. There um, is one Instagram I wanted to recommend. It's a girl who's from South Australia mm-hmm. and it's called Harper's Glow. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Yeah, and she's just starting out, but she reviews, like, all these beauty products, and it's very cute. Like, her page is, like, just a really nice, like, little beauty skincare, like, page, and it's really nice. I've just found it. Yeah, it's really cute. Follow. I think her name's Lil. Oh, Lil's got some banger follows, though, including Beauty Island Podcast and All Bases Covered. Yeah, she's, she's like, looks like she knows what she's doing. And when I, like, have read some of her reviews on products, it's very in-depth and detailed. So, um, yeah, I think that it seems very legit. Love that. I wanted to recommend that. Yep, thank you. All right, seeing as we're 45 minutes into this episode, (laughs) we should probably get talking quickly about our main topic, difficult conversations. (laughs) We've been, like, just catching up. (laughs) Yeah. We hope you don't mind. Yeah. We're sure you won't. No. Okay, so how... Oh, actually, I might just say why we decided yeah. to come across this. So I've had to find new work very quickly. If anyone has a job, let me know. <laughs> but basically, I found some work, which is great. And um, I had to ask for payment mm-hmm. and I was never paid. And I just had no idea how to follow that up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I say I had no idea, I have every idea how to follow mm-hmm. it up. I, if, if I was working for somebody else, I have chased payment in my life. Yeah. When I was in media, I chased one organization for payment and had to tell them that I wasn't going to do any more media plans for them until they could pay my company. Mm. But because I felt legitimized by the fact that I was working for a company, that enabled me to have the confidence to chase that payment mm-hmm. up. But when you're on your own, it's a very different situation. Yeah, it's like, do I have a right to do this? Like, you know. Will I sound pushy? Yeah. Like a demanding person? Will they then not like me? Will they then not want to hire me again? Yeah, and it sounds so dumb because obviously if you if you sell something, like if if, if you sell something online, you deserve the payment. Yeah. And both people have entered into that contract, but it's just difficult to find the words to say it. Yeah. And also you don't want to do it in a way that offends them. And then ruin the relationship. Yeah, or that embarrasses them. I I have a morbid fear of, to be honest, I think I'm more fearful of embarrassing others than I am of embarrassing myself. Mm. Because the idea of hurting someone or embarrassing someone is just uh, terrifying. Um, So I would never want to do that. And I think that, like, especially with financial things, that's a very big deal. Especially at the moment, a lot of people's finances are, like have been very like affected yes um even if you're on job keeper or whatever like i i've heard stories where people are getting taxed so they're not doing they're not getting their full salary they're just getting the 1500 a fortnight but they're getting taxed at their normal salaries mm. tax rate okay i didn't know that yeah so like some people have seen stories where they're only like after they've been taxed they're only taking home like 500 a fortnight yeah so like money crazy. is a very big thing and i i'm so sick of everyone being like oh the beautiful things isolation has brought us i get it some of it's been nice yeah. but i think overwhelmingly the majority of what's happened has been pretty shambolic and Mm -hmm. pretty awful so i think it's just important that we more commonly talk about how to have difficult conversations yeah have you ever had one um i actually not one that stands out in my mind but i also think i avoid them like the plague yeah like (laughs) i think that probably i don't i don't even know what the most difficult conversation i've had to have is like i just like what you said like when we were talking about it, maybe with work, like I've had to do things, but then I feel legitimized because it's for work, Yeah, you know? But even things like difficult conversations with friends. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, of just how maybe I'm feeling in a friendship or if I'm just not happy or something. Like, I don't know, if something's affecting me and I'm just like, you know, need to talk about it with them. Like, 
I don't even know how to do that and I avoid it and then I just avoid them and exactly then I just what I do don't end up being friends with them anymore exactly like, I have like I've, yeah. I can think about I'm um, not a million obviously but I definitely can think of instances like that where there was probably something that I should have just addressed because it didn't sit right with me and because I couldn't address it mm. I never did and then the whole friendship just sort of floats away which I mean it can be seen as a shame but maybe there were other reasons that it had to be like that anyway just wasn't meant to be yeah, yeah but like a lot of the times um I think it's I don't know if it's so much an issue of your gender mm. whatever that is um or how you've been raised or mm-hmm. just a personality type mm-hmm. because my partner is a lot better at it and whenever I tell him he's like this is what you say and this is how you say it and I'm mm. like I understand but, how to say it, but I don't actually feel like I can physically enact it. Yeah. It just makes you, the thought of it makes you feel sick. You're yes. Like, oh. like there are heaps of people that I'd love to ask questions to, but I'm just like, I can never, ever imagine having the guts to actually sit down with you and say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like a very, you don't know, in your mind, you play out which way it can go. Yeah. And then it's always like a, the worst case scenario and you're like, no, I can't. I yeah. Can't. <laughs> and if it ever seems like it's okay to not have the conversation, I'll take that option. Yeah. Because at least I know by not doing it, this is exactly what's going to happen. Mm. But if by doing it, there's like three different ways that could turn out. Yeah. And it's almost like you'd rather you yourself deal with the how you feel and your issue with it than, you know, potentially ruining a friendship or, or ruining any potential yeah. of whatever it is Yeah, that like maybe you could have just avoided it and you would have gotten over it yourself. I agree. Kind of I'd much rather, yeah, deal with myself mm-hmm. and get over it myself than have someone else put out by me. And I think that's what it comes down to. I don't like rocking the boat unless I feel totally legitimized. So yeah. anything at work, I do feel legitimized mm-hmm. because there's a contract in place. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, in things like friendships or relationships or even family conversations, it can be so stressful because there's really no way Mm -hmm. to know how it's going to go. But in terms of tips and advice, I think a few things that help is a script. Obviously not to read from that. That's not the idea. This isn't a year 12 monologue. (laughs) Just like dot points of like things of key things you should say. Yeah. So in times when um, there's been times when I've had to have a phone call with a boss Mm. about how things have gone at work. And fortunately there've only been things that it wasn't from my end. There wasn't conflict involved Mm. so that was fine but it's more an issue of like you know in um in jobs sometimes when you're trying to go for a raise or those Mm. situations I've always had to be really careful with how I'm structuring my argument because that can be a difficult conversation as well Mm -hmm. being like hey I think I'm worth more than what you're paying me Mm -hmm. you can sound really I guess or yeah, <laughs> pretty ostentatious. Demanding. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's something to consider. But just knowing factually. Yeah. So um, recently I sort of made a point of let's not look at it. Object- let's, not, let's not be subjective, but yeah. objective. That yeah. means facts. Mm-hmm. So having your facts set right. And even if this is like a relationship or a friendship problem, know exactly what it is that you have the issue with mm-hmm. and don't be vague because mm-hmm. being vague leaves the other person confused mm-hmm. and if it goes wrong it also leaves room for loopholes and misunderstanding yeah. and i think in any difficult conversation you want it to be very clear mm-hmm. not abstract mm-hmm. so any sort of facts or any sort of very exact wording um don't leave it open to interpretation um and i think practicing with someone yeah i've practiced like you know when you practice for a job interview yeah um practice with someone who can support you and is aware of the full context Mm -hmm. don't just if if i sat down with you now tia and i was like okay just i've got to practice a script with you you'd be like what yeah i'd be like um (laughs) in reference to but if i told you oh it's about my boss and i want to raise maybe you'd be like oh okay well you're saying this all wrong yeah so gilmore girls has this amazing scene where um Rory wants to say something to one of her partners and her mom pretends to be her partner. And like, it's a bit like a spoof in that moment, but it actually works really well because that other person can come back to you with quips and retorts that you might not expect. You know what I'm thinking of? I just watched She's the Man. Oh, yeah. And you know, when she's like, do you like cheese? Yes. <laughs> That's the scene I'm coming up with in yes. my head. Oh. Yeah. But it is important but it's to, the like, same thing. to yeah. sit down with someone and because then they can come back to you with like yeah. a rebuttal that you have to be reactive to and they yeah. can say okay 
like my mom's great at this she'll be like they might say blah 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 blah. so how mm-hmm. would, how would you respond to that and i'd be like okay i'm prepared for that almost like practicing for an exam yeah like they could yeah. question you on this how do you respond to that so that's really important so write it down um practice it with someone else mm-hmm. and be very clear on what you want out of it yeah. so if you want to have a difficult conversation with a friend and you want to end the friendship mm-hmm. you have to be able to say in words that that's what you want yeah because you can't if, just be like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, unless like, you do want to just see what happens, yeah. that's fine. But if you really want to end a friendship, you need to say that we explicitly. Be because there's nothing worse than the Sorry, other person. <laughs> this is the last podcast episode because Tia doesn't want to be friends anymore. But I'm kidding. It's, it's not, not fair. True. It's not fair on the other person to leave them yeah. wondering where it's at. And same with relationships. Like, if you're ever going to break up with someone, you need to be very explicit. That's what mm-hmm. you want because. Like the worst thing you can put someone through is this thing of like, let's talk about it in five days time. Yeah. If that was me, I would do nothing for those five days. I would be absolutely paralyzed, frozen on the spot because that's all I can think <laughs> about. Like that would just consume me. Yeah. You'd just be like lying in your bed, just not being able to oh sleep. Oh my gosh. I couldn't <laughs> function. I'd just be totally on my phone. And that's a terrible thing to do to someone. Yeah. So I think if you do have an end game mm-hmm. and the same with a work conversation, if you know what you want to be earning, mm-hmm. put that number down Yeah, because that gives them a benchmark. Otherwise, they don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And it just elongates the process. Yeah. And the same with the friendship thing. If, you don't, if you're not clear on what you want and what you expect, that conversation is going to keep happening way after. Yeah. And all the hard work and all the energy that you'd sum it up to sit down and do that, do yeah. that will have been for nothing. Yeah. It's funny because I think like communication is so important and I am really good at communicating with like my husband and my family and I think most of my friends unless it's something that's like ending a friendship oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but then things certain things when it comes to like really confrontational situations like I just can't get it out like I just freeze up and I don't know what it is like but even if I need to confront my husband about not that I ever really need to but if we like have a disagreement and we need to talk about it I'm so easy to sit down and have that conversation but when it comes to like talking to you know a client about chasing up an invoice I get really nervous and I'm like oh does this email sound okay yeah is this okay I don't know do I sound like a brat yeah like I don't know, like it, it's different and I don't know if it's got to do with money mm. or if it's the conversation or if it's both together. Or if it's imposter syndrome because you don't yeah. feel like you should be able to have those conversations. Yeah. And then it's like also then in, a, in terms of like not wanting to be friends with somebody, is it like you're going to hurt that person? So mm. is it then worrying about that? Like it's all these different things that maybe make up what why we can't have the difficult conversations, I think. Yeah, and I think in the past when I've probably – I was actually speaking about these with my partner the other night, instances where you feel like you could have had a better conversation. Mm. And we sort of thought about it in the moments when I thought I could have done better. At the time, I actually couldn't have. Yeah. Because for one reason or another, I just couldn't have affected that outcome differently. And that's fine. Um, And it's the same with any decision that you think back on in life. You're like, well, I I did what I could at the time with Mm. the information I was given. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's fine. But I think that it is good to have some tips and just to know that you're not the only person that struggles with these mm. things. Because when this came up with the payment thing with you last week, I was like, oh, I just actually don't know how to go about this. Yeah, and especially because it's someone who you're not like, it's a new client. Like yes. you don't know how you're meant to like do that. Yeah, but then if I don't like ask for payment, I'm, I'm not a charity. Get like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. So it is an interesting topic and I don't think, it's like first dates. I have a theory that no matter how old you are, a first date is horrifying and so stressful because i have friends that are like oh but because i go to uni with people that are younger than me Mm -hmm. so there's a five-year age gap so i've been on more dates than them you'd think so (laughs) i mean i'm not sure but you would think so and we always talk about it and i'm like it doesn't matter if you go on a date tomorrow and you've never been on a date before it's going to be horrendously nerve-wracking yeah but if i had to go on a first date ever again which can I just say, I never want to go on a first yeah. date. Ever. I really hope that doesn't have to happen. Um, but I would still be just as nervous. And like yeah. every time it's just as nerve wracking and just as awful. And everyone I've ever spoken to about this phenomenon agrees. Yeah. You I could have gone on 50 first dates. Not and to they're all, the movie. they always they feel always like a first date. terrible. And I feel yeah. like it's probably the same with difficult conversations. I wish I could say it gets better, but because you're doing it with someone different, mm. just like you are with a date, you're always going to meet someone different. Mm-hmm. You never really know how it's going to go. And while there's that perceived 
ability to not control the conversation Mm -hmm. or the outcome it's always going to be nerve-wracking and i also think like one good tip maybe is you shouldn't you should you can't actually predict how the conversation is going to go because you don't actually know how the other person is going to respond exactly it's you only know as much as your own imagination if that makes sense or your experience yeah so i guess by saying that is like you shouldn't let your imagination like make you live in fear of the conversation because otherwise you're never going to have that conversation and if you didn't have your conversation you might never have gotten paid yeah I still haven't oh no (laughs) but wait do you know when you're going to get paid I still haven't no I haven't made I haven't what I I haven't contacted them what I thought you did no I didn't <laughs> no, this podcast is going to psych me up. Bright red. I promise you, by the time we record next week, I will. And I, there are other things that you were depended what? on this because I thought I was seeing them again. So there are other things like that. This is hinged on. So yeah. that's why I haven't taken action yet because I didn't have all my ducks in a row. But next conversation, I will have sent this message you know what this might end up being like mm-hmm. is how every podcast you're like did how you read? have you read yeah and you'll be like, did you get paid and i'll be like no, no. <laughs> but i did get audible <laughs> um but yeah i think it's just important to remember that um i agree you I've can get a business manager and be like i got a business manager i got an accountant to chase people up for me i got invoicing um i agree that letting your imagination run wild can be a terrible thing which is i'm always yeah. guilty of that and i remember one of my hardest conversations was telling my boss that i was quitting because i love my manager and yeah. um i really loved my job but I, I wanted to go back to uni so i couldn't do both um, wait this is at the coffee shop no no this is when i was working in media oh so okay. like and that okay. i knew i, I had like, to say that like i knew i had to say it and all day i just mm. you know you just can't find the right time mm. and you're like now is not the time it's like when you want to tell someone that you love them like that is a, <laughs> that is a terrifying conversation it's like will they say it back you're like is now the time you're like oh, okay, no, no, i'm feeling a bit tired or oh no it's not. like it's the same sort of thing you're looking for a sign to know if it's the right time yeah but here's a little tip for you there's no sign no and there's no like in quotation marks no right time no like no time's the right time. It's just all the time. You just got to do it. You just what, have to yeah. do it. Action. Obviously, like, maybe don't don't do it when they're distracted. No. Or don't do it when they're looking at their phone or when they're really stressed. No. Because that's just <laughs> annoying. But <laughs> otherwise, you've just at some point got to literally the just day. bite the bullet. Any other sort of analogy, metaphor, yeah. saying. You've got to just do it. Euphemism. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise, you'll just sit on that forever. And it's like a weight on your tongue. Because mm-hmm. you can't... If you're like me, I can't think about anything else until it's done. Yeah. And it's just all-consuming. So, and, and I, there's, never, there's never a conversation <laughs> that I've regretted having. Yeah. I probably regret the difficult conversations that I didn't have mm-hmm. way more than I regret the difficult conversations that yeah. I did have. Or you can do what I did once and just ignore the situation completely and ignore them. I've like, literally done that as yeah, well. I've done that. <laughs> I've bad. blocked. I've just blocked <laughs> because I'm, I, at the time there was, and I still was reflecting on this the other day when we knew this would be our, con- our topic. And I was like, at the time I really could not think of another way to get around it yeah. because there were so many things other at play and that was just the best thing to do at the time. Yeah. And, and I, I was younger. I, yeah. See, when I look at back at what, how I handled a certain thing, like I probably could have handled it better so that maybe in like, but then I was just like, I'm not going to see, like, I, there's no time when I would see them. Like, it doesn't really matter. Oh, everyone's that, got a like, story like that too. I don't know. It just seems mean too. And I feel sort of bad, but then at the same time, I'm like, but we're just it forking, like, you know, our friendship was like, like splitting going yeah. on different paths and it was just never I don't I just could never imagine it coming back in line again you know yeah. so and I'm sure you like what you said everybody has stories like that but then that's applicable to so many other things in yeah. your life it's a part it's, of growing up and yeah. that's what in a full circle that's what the grown-ups book by Marianne Keyes <laughs> is about so you never actually shake off those feelings of did I do the right thing yeah am I really an adult because we have these preconceived notions of adulthood and those are mostly wrapped up in this idea that when we get there, we'll have it sorted. Mm-hmm. And at no point does anyone ever feel like everything is always sorted because yeah. if it was, it's probably time to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's absolutely, you're never going to be at that point. And I think as soon as we accept that, it's just one of those, you know, that game where like a little kid, you 
you bop the toy that pops up through the hole. Yes. That's how I feel about life. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. You're literally, oh, you're just, those. you're just constantly going to be attacking a new yeah. problem mm-hmm. and that's what life is. And that's why we need to be resilient because to expect constant happiness and constant mm-hmm contentedness is not okay like a lot of my life is great right now but i also really don't have a job Mm. that's pretty bad Mm. but like there's always going to be something Mm -hmm. you just have to like look at the glass half full yeah and just accept it and like accept it because if you expect things to always be perfect you'll always be disappointed Mm -hmm. but if you expect that there'll be times of at least some low level hum of chaos Mm -hmm. then that's how everyone else is feeling Mm -hmm. too like we're all in this together so I think when it comes to those conversations, there'll always be ones that you probably felt awkward about. But like we said before, I regret the ones I didn't make more than I regretted the ones that I did make. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a like a good thing to remember so that it motivates you to have the conversations because otherwise you'll just always live in regret and you yeah. don't want to do that. Whereas if you go, okay, if I don't have this conversation, I'm going to regret it later then it'll probably push you to have the conversation. Yeah. And then you, well, you'll never live in regret. Which is what I always think about telling people that you love them. Yeah. Like I never, like I think you should never regret that because even if you, it's even, easy to look back and be yeah. like, I didn't actually love that person. Yeah. That happens. Like that's part of growing up as well. But if you feel something that's positive, I really believe, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you should say it. Like if you see someone on the street and you're like, I love that person's jacket, say it because yeah. that's going to make them feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just never know what could happen. Like Mm -hmm. you have to say those things. And I think it goes the same way too with things that are a little bit more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's probably better to have those conversations in a mature adult way Mm -hmm. than it is to avoid them. And it's also better finding out sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. the answer, even if it's something you don't want to hear that it's, that's the answer because then you can move on with your life and work out what the next step is. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just always going to sit there wondering and just thinking about all these scenarios and that's not very healthy yeah and you don't want to have have to be hedging your bets i think you need to know where you stand so with that we've been with you for an hour and five minutes now and that's that's a that's a good episode we hope you enjoyed um sunday brunch underscore the podcast and we'll be back again next week next week if you have any examples of difficult conversations please dm us and tell us because yeah. that would be really interesting we will keep it anonymous mm-hmm. but it would be really interesting mm-hmm. and i think i'm gonna try and convince lauren to come over and make bagels with me on saturday if i have time yes it's happening yes he is gonna force me yeah even if i said pre-proving or post-proving because bronte's in emerald and she finally found yeast it's very exciting and we've been talking about doing this for like two months making bagels yeah (laughs) and lauren's like "Mm, bagels no it's just that i have a really hectic weekend i'm serious but we'll try okay you know it's fine i'll just bring them over after that'll be great them (laughs) bye bye